By way of introduction, let's read 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, there where was a woman, where was a great woman, and she and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool. Notice all the little details here. A bed, a table, a stool, a house. He comes by when he cometh to us. And it might have seemed um, random to them, but I assure you it wasn't. That he shall turn and hit thither. And it fell on a day, and again, not by chance, that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto her, say now unto her, behold, thou hast seen, been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for the king? Or to the captain of the host. Now mark that in your mind, spoken of to the king or to the host. And she answered, I, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And behold, the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day, again, not happenstance, but all according to providence, that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry me to his mother. Carry him to his mother. And when they had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither a new moon nor Sabbath. It's inconvenient. It's not right in season. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slacken not thine riding from me, except I bid thee. Ride as hard and as fast as you can, and don't worry about me, except I say slow down for a, for a bit. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to Gehazi, a servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say to her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God, to the hill, she, saw, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul was vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. She's got a problem. I don't know what the problem is. Let's hear her out. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then said, Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing, wherefore he went again to meet him. And told him, saying, The child is not awakened. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon, upon them twain, upon the two of them, and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child 
and the flesh of the child waxed warm. He started. He was dead cold. Now his body's heating. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times. And the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammites. So he called her. And when she was come into the house in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. Now please turn to 2 Kings chapter 8. I know it's a long introduction, but now you know Elisha, Gehazi, the Shunammite, the son, you know the circumstances. 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 1. Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, the Shunammite, saying, Arise, and go thou and thine household to sojourn, or to wander, wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine, and thou shalt come also upon the land seven years. And the woman arose, and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household, and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass that the seven years in that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all that all the great things that Elisha hath done. Okay, so this woman, apparently her husband's dead. She's in the land of Philistines for seven years. She comes back. And she's coming back to the king, try, trying to get her land back. And in the meantime, the king says, All right, Gehazi, tell me some stuff about Elisha. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elijah restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. Be considering just for a few minutes this morning the subject of God's timing. God's timing. In these two passages, 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 8, it sounds like there's a lot of fantastic things going on here. And truly, it was no small thing that this young man, by the power of God, who was dead, is now alive. We're thinking about God's timing and the intricate details of God's timing. We, we should do nothing but glorify God in all things. You, you think, the, as we consider what's involved with God's timing, it's just it should astound our minds of the works of God in His time. First, and it should be obvious to us when we think of God's timing, when we're considering God's timing, in the when we're considering God's people, right? So these people, we mentioned Elisha and the Shunammite woman and her son and her husband and the servant that, that rode the woman and Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, and, and this king and all these people. Every single person that has ever lived lives in the bounds of God's timing. It's exactly what Paul was telling those there in Athens, in, in Acts chapter 17, if you notice there just for a moment, all people are behaving and living in according to God's time. Acts chapter 17, verse 25, Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath in all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Every single person that ever lived has lived according to God's time. You ever heard of anyone saying, well, I, would, I wish I could have lived during this time. I wish I could have lived during that time. I knew a, a professor in college that, 
But he said that if he could live at any time, he would want to live in the roaring 20s of, of the United States. And I asked him, you mean just before the Great Depression and World War II? He said, yeah. Which, I mean, even in that answer, it was depressing. God's timing. A time such as this is the time we live in. A time such as this when, when the people that we interact with, it is no small thing. I mean, the Lord didn't just appoint just any old random church or random church membership, but I believe all of us that, that are part of this assembly are part of this assembly right now according to God's timing and all to fulfill His purpose. I believe that. You look in, in the text here, you see according to God's timing, there was a prophet. There was Elisha. And you, across time, there's always, the Lord has never been without a witness in this in this world. He's always had a witness in this life. In, in this, from, from the very beginning, He's always had a witness. I believe that part of the Great Commission is the Lord guaranteeing that this world would have a faithful witness through His assembly, His authority, and His gospel until the end of the age. He has promised a witness to this earth across all peoples. You'll be a, a witness unto me in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. A witness. But you notice that people, that people individually, God has purposed according to his timing, people for that witness. I've been asked before, well, you know, if the Lord has his church, why, why is it some little rinky-dink place up here in the northern town of Texas that nobody cares about, nobody thinks about? Well, it's according to his purpose to save his people from their sins, to be a message of life unto life or death unto death. But people, uh, I believe, are, are a part of God's timing, God's, God's purpose. People come and go. You ever notice that people come and go out of your lives? Sometimes someone, you could be standing behind them or next to them or in front of them at a line in a grocery store, less than 30 seconds, and boom, they're gone forever out of your life. And then there are people that, that are many years in our lives. And, and, and why is that? Well, God has set the habitation and times, our bounds. And it's all according to his purpose, timing. You see, I don't believe what I believe because, I, because of, uh, of the people that I know, although I do believe that God has used people that I know. But I believe providentially the Lord put me in a place that those people would uh, bring certain messages and, and they, uh, that the gospel would be in minister. I didn't believe uh, the gospel because so-and-so told me. I believed it because God Almighty, the power of God and His gospel made me alive. But He designed people according to His timing and His purpose, didn't He? There were other prophets, you see... We studied last time, last Sunday, that, that Elisha was with the sons of the prophets and that, that one son of the prophet lost his axe head in the water. There were other prophets. But this one would go through the land of Shunem and this one turned in at a certain season and that season, you see. God, God has his timing for his people. Why you? Why me? Why now? It's God's time. You also see as far as people... This woman, and to say it lightly, this woman had her ups and downs in life, right? She was, she was of childbearing age, but married to an older man. She had the ups and downs of being barren, and, then, and, and now that she's got a child, and then he's dead, and now she's got a famine, and now she's got to move to somewhere, and he didn't tell her where to go, and she went to the land of the Philistines, and, and that would have had its own dangers, Ups and downs, and while she was gone, somebody seized upon her land, and now she's got to try to beg the king and get it back. What's she going to do? Apparently, she was a widow woman. Ups and downs in life. But you see how the Lord in God's timing moves among people. You have Gehazi. Remember this man back in, uh, in dealing with, with, with Naaman. He, he went back and tried to catch a little bit of a purse you know, and he himself received leprosy, didn't he? But now, in, a, in this text, in, in 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 4, it says, And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. So apparently, this man, even though he had been chastened of God, was a restored man. 
says it doesn't say the former servant of the man of God. It says the servant of the man of God. He was still, he, he had been restored. So the people and God's timing, life might get hard, and sometimes we even get are, are chastened at times as individuals. But as people, God also restores his people. He, the peaceable fruit of righteousness is evident in those that are chastened of God. People, God moves. In his timing, he moves among people. This evil king, you see, who was the king? I mentioned the king, but it doesn't say his name. The king, if you look back in 2 Kings chapter 3, this is the king that we're speaking of. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father. And like his mother, for he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, which made Israel to sin. He departed not from therefrom. So he cleaned up a little bit, reformed a little bit, but an unsaved person, and he worked out evil. So sometimes, children of God, according to God's timing, we have interactions with people who are just not saved. And they won't be. That's God's business. Just because he asked about some of the great works. You saw, he said in, in verse 4, tell me, I pray thee, that uh, all the great things Elijah had done, just because someone is interested in the, in, in the things of God, just because they're interested, doesn't mean they're saved. But God does move among people. My granddad was a Methodist most of his life and died an unsaved person. Just because someone is, uh, but God does move and he does use people to accomplish his purpose. That's God's business, you see. But trusting God's time. You see the Philistines in, in this passage as well. This was an unsaved and unaware nation. These people, they were just going through life. Now, was she in the land of the Philistines hiding the whole time? Did she come out and say, you know what, I'm a Jewess and I need help. Somebody help me. It doesn't say. But these people didn't stop being Philistines, nor at the end of the seven years did they draw unto the Lord through, through, through conversion. Did they proselyte under Judaism? They didn't. They remained Philistines. Sometimes, and even every day, children of God, as God accomplishes his purpose and his timing, through ups and downs and circumstances, we are living in a world that is not our, it is not our home. And we're in and among and surrounded by those that are unbelievers. And God has his purpose in his timing among the children of men. Could it be when her company came by that there was even one person that had trusted in the Lord, the God of Abraham? It doesn't say. I won't speculate. But it could be. There are times when we, in our lives, when we go certain places and we interact with certain people, and you might think, what in the world am I doing here? And then you turn around, here's someone that's a Philistine, and you're in the land of the Philistines, and you have opportunity at that point. I was down in Port Arthur, a place that I never go, just a few days ago. And while I was there, talking with a man that I was doing business with, some gentlemen walked up and started a conversation. They started the conversation with the Lord. And I said, well, let me tell you about the Lord that I know. In the land of the Philistines, per, uh, timing, people. The Lord uses people and according to his timing to accomplish his purpose. And it's really an amazing thing. You see also in this passage, there was a certain officer. In verse 6, everything going on. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer. We don't know his name. We're not supposed to. But he didn't just say, go grab me an officer. He said, a, that certain officer. You see, everything, every purpose, every person, every interaction, I believe, is according to the providence of God. In all things, we're to trust God's timing. In the interpersonal interactions of life. See, between services, we had a window break, which nobody wanted that window to break. Nobody does. And it might be a, a circumstance that we really weren't looking forward to, 
But guess what? Somebody's going to come out here and fix that window, aren't they? And they're going to, they're going to have an opportunity, a, a member and child of God of this assembly is going to be near when somebody is called. Somebody's going to have to fix that. When somebody comes over, they're going to, there's going to be an opportunity, interpersonal react. And I don't know who that somebody is, but it's going to be a certain somebody, isn't it? They're not going to just send over a ghost to do it. A certain somebody is going to be called upon to fix that. And may we seize opportunity of that to tell that certain somebody of a certain Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't believe there are any chance encounters whatsoever. Am I saying we should go around breaking windows so that we can see who we meet next? Absolutely not. But there are no chance encounters. Every person and every moment happens for God's glory in God's timing, you see. I believe that that's what the, this, this passage, it bears that out. All of this happens for God's glory. Why else would this be brought up at all? What's significant about it? Other than to say God has his timing. And it is beautiful. And it involves people. It involves people. It also involves circumstances. You see, again, you had a barren woman, you had a woman that had no children, and she had all the all the all the trouble with that, or her husband was too old, and this do this and do that, and don't play with my emotions, prophet. Then once once she has her child, she has all the all the all the joy that that, that comes and praising the Lord for this child up until the day, the day he said, My head, my head, and experienced the death of a child, which must have been brutal to her heart. And yet she said, it is well. It is well. See, the circumstances of life, God is in control of all these things. And yes, do I have responsibility in that if I play stupid games, I'll win stupid prizes? Yeah. If I, if I go dance in the middle of the road, I'm probably going to get hit. But there are circumstances of life. And God is in control of all those things. One of the first patients I ever took care of as a nurse, there was a young man whose girlfriend had broken up with him. He stuck a 44 Magnum in his head, pulled the trigger, and he lived. He could not. He could not take his life. The circumstances of life, God is in complete control over. You see, there is no death. There is no life. There is no moving. There is no going. There, there are no ups. There are no downs, except they be according to God's time. In this passage, you see, you have famine. Famine was coming. And you also have fruit. You see, the king says, restore to her the, the fruit of, of the field since the day that she left the land. So famine and fruit, God is in charge of all those circumstances. It's really easy or easier to give all the God the glory. Oh, oh, praise God for the baskets of fruit. Do you praise him in the famine? Do you praise him in the valley? Do you praise him? Do you give him glory for his timing in all things? Paul did. We studied that in the book of Philippians. Turn over the book of Philippians. It's a whole lot easier to read than it is to live. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever stead I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I am instructed. He's educated by God both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengtheneth me. In all circumstances of life, Paul is saying that he can trust God in God's time. He can trust God when he's full. He can trust God when he's lame. He can trust God when he is in, in, in great comforts and in bed linens and, and, and eating and drinking. He can trust God when sleeping on the, on the, on the, the, the stone and the cold in the prison. 
Again, it's easier to say, I can trust God in his timing and the circumstances of life when all is well. But can we say all is well when all seems to be hard on this on this body, in this mind? The famine and fruit, the forces of creation, right? The sun, the moon, the stars, the weather, the wind, the rain, the lack of flood, all these things, the pestilence. God has in his, in his timing, according to circumstances, he has all power over all creation. It's difficult, again, at times to live it. Circumstances of life. She had a big move for an apparent widow. You know, it'd be difficult for us to get a U-Haul truck and load our stuff up and move somewhere, even with resources. But he says, go somewhere and, and in your whole house and where you go, you know, go, go sojourn. Go sojourn. I'm not going to tell you where to go, but go somewhere and stay there for seven years. And when you come back, it'll be all right. That would have been very difficult for a widow woman to do. And again, we presume that she is a widow woman because it says when she and her son came back to the king's court, it doesn't mention her husband at all, and he was old before, and now it's seven years later, at least seven years later. But this woman going into an apparent foreign and hostile nation, yet in all those things, the Lord protected her, didn't he? You ever been behind enemy lines before? She was, and the Lord protected her. In all the circumstances of life, in all these cir- circumstances, you, you think even about the king's court. You had, you had this king that he was a follower of Jeroboam, that his mom was Jezebel, and in, in, in 1 Kings 9, she had, the, uh, excuse me, 1 Kings 18, she had the prophets killed, interacting with Gehazi, who was the servant of the man of God, and, and, and his mom hated her. And by the way, his mom is still alive at this point. She dies in 2 Kings chapter 9. So this man, this ungodly king, is hanging out with one of the, the servants of the prophet of the Lord God of Israel, while mom hates the prophets of the Lord God of Israel because she hates the Lord God of Israel. And she's still alive. But according to God's timing, there is a, you could say, a, a, an interaction that was amiable, that they, were, that, they were, that, they, that they showed each other respect, at least here. That's all in God's timing. You ever been talked to somebody before and you just, you just thought, wow, this person is going to be hostile toward me, and if they see me again, they're just going to knock my lights out. This part, th- 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 there's hostility here. Well... In this court, there's no hostility. Those circumstances among people, among a child of God and a, and a wretched sinner, God even moved in those circumstances, didn't he? You see the woman in the king's court. The woman in the king's court. She came in, in verse 5, he came in to, 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 to beg her, her house back, cried unto the king uh, for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman. Circumstances like, what circumstances could there be that you go see the president? That's pretty strange, isn't it? To go from a wandering sojourner of the land of the Philistines now into the presence of the king of Israel. You might think, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. That was way back then. It was a very big deal to be present before the king. And even in those circumstances, he's, Gehazi's telling person to person, telling that story. And while he's telling the story, well, that's her. At God's providential time, this woman was in, circumstantially, she was in the king's court. Under providential circumstances, when the seven years was over, when it began, how long it took her to get there. You ever been right on time for something? Well, this woman was right on time, providentially, under the circumstances uh, 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 and, and God's timing. And uh, you, Among men, this woman was right on time. God was right on time. This woman was preserved for seven years through hard times. And what that means, I have no idea. How she ate, where she slept, whatever, it doesn't say. But in these circumstances, God held her for seven years. There was also a famine. So God preserved Israel. 
for seven years as well. He works in individuals and also works in nations and kingdoms and even the earth. Circumstances. And all, we're to trust God and His timing in the affairs and circumstances of life. There are no chance events. There are no chance events. Are we to provoke God? No. Or do we live ignorantly and, and recklessly? No. There are no chance events. Every moment happens for God's glory and God's timing. It's very hard to live at times. It's very hard. If you were to ask that woman in the moment about being barren and the death of her son and going to the land of the Philistines and going through famine and going and having no home or house to live by and having to beg before the gang and the stress and anxiety of all that stuff, she might have said, you know what, that was really hard to live out God's timing. Sometimes it's very hard to live out God's timing and circumstances, but all things happen according to God's timing and for His glory. They really do. God's timing. God's timing also works out according to the Word of God and the purpose of God. What do we mean? Go way back to the book of Joshua. Joshua, chapter 19. Remember, this woman's coming back to beg her house, her household. Joshua chapter 19. Joshua chapter 19 and verse 17. And the fourth lot came out to Issachar. Joshua chapter 19, verse 17. And the fourth lot came out to Issachar for the children of Issachar according to their families. And their border was toward Jezreel and Chesalah and Shunem. She was a daughter of Issachar. Let's get down to verse 23. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Issachar according to the families, the cities, and their villages. So a, the lot, which providentially they were to have this time and this land and this family and this place. Okay? God's word. Leviticus chapter 25. Leviticus chapter 25. We're going to think this thing through here. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 23. God's word. God's timing according to God's word. Land of Shunem belongs to Issachar. Leviticus 25, verse 23. And the land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine. For ye are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of your possession ye shall grant a redemption for the land. If thy brother be waxen poor and hath sold some away of his possession, if any of his kin come to redeem it, then it shall re then then shall he redeem it that redeem that which his brother sold. And if the man have none to redeem it and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof and restore the overplus unto the man to whom it is sold, that it may return unto his possession. But if it not be able, but if he not be able to restore it to him, then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that hath bought it until the year of jubilee. And in the year of in the year of jubilee it shall go out, and he shall return unto his possession. Wait a second, year jubilee. Well, this woman coming back, she's, she's looking for a possession under Issachar that was her family's, but according to the providential inheritance that God gave her people. Numbers chapter 36. Numbers chapter 36. As that book is being closed out. Numbers 36 and verse 7. So shall not the inheritance of the children of Israel remove from tribe to tribe. For every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. This was her land. By the promise of God, according to Joshua in the book of Leviticus and now in the book of Numbers, according to the promise of God, this was her land. For every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. And every daughter that possesseth an inheritance in any tribe of the children of Israel shall be wife unto one of the family of the tribe of her father. 
that the children of Israel may enjoy every man the inheritance of his fathers. Neither shall the inheritance remove from one tribe to another, but every one of the tribes of the children of Israel shall keep himself to his own inheritance. According to the word of God, this woman comes to the king's court, desiring her inheritance by the word of God. See, in God's timing, the word of God stands. This world may rage against it. This world may writhe against it. This world may say God's word has no validity. There was a man that tried to read the word of God in Congress, and, uh, and, and one of the men uh, said, well, that, that has no place here. Well, people can say God's word has no place here, but God's word, according to his timing, shall stand. I believe that in all things. He spoke, and all things came into existence. At the word of God, the dead live. The word of God, according to his purpose and his timing, the word of God is to govern our lives. Here, her life was governed by the word of God. She came based on the word of God to have restoration of her house and of her land. There is no need for her to say, well, Lord will, and I'll get my stuff back if she was not willing to go to the king's court. Her life was guided by the word of God, that God would accomplish his purpose and what he said in his timing. Also, the word of God, according to his purpose, in God's timing, that famine came. Look in verse 1 again. Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou and thine household, and sojourn. Whithersoever thou sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and I shall also come upon the land seven years. There are prophecies that are evidently fulfilled in Scripture. The Lord said there will be a famine. The Lord said, get that Shunammite out of here. The Lord said it will last seven years. The Lord said when you come back, all will be well. There are prophecies that have evidently been fulfilled in Scripture. That ought to give the child of God, every confidence that in God's timing, every prophecy will be fulfilled according to Scripture. Not one thing left undone. The Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins, every last thinking one of them. Lo, I am with you until the end of the age. Any minute. Everything that God has promised in his word, according to God's timing, when's the end of the age? I don't know, but he does. All things shall come to pass in God's timing, according to his word. There's a whole bunch of stuff that hadn't been fulfilled yet, but it will be. That's right. Can I describe it properly? You're going to find out real quick when we get into the book of Revelation and our studies in John, how little I know of things to come. That any of us know. We can, our, the best things that we can do on some things is speculate and guess, and it'll be wrong. I mean, we, we just don't know. Some things are spelled out plainly. Other things we just don't know. But everything shall happen according to God's time, That's right. according to God's word. Amen. We're to trust God in his time. Every detail, was, every detail was not known. Look back there again. He said, go wherever uh, and, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. Go where you can. He didn't tell her to go to the land of the Philistines. Go where you can. But she went to the land of the Philistines. Right? The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. I don't know when, but he is. I don't know where I'll be at the time of my death or rapture. But I know I will be somewhere at the time of my death or my rapture. There are things, we just have to trust God in these things, don't we? Every detail, I don't know every detail, but God does know every detail. His word, look at in Isaiah chapter 46. We've read this before. Isaiah chapter 46. Look, his word, his word according to his timing shall be performed. Isaiah 46 in verse 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God. Remember how that I created everything, and by my mouth all things exist, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, his word, according to his timing. 
And the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Thank God for that. Again, it's difficult to live sometimes. God's timing. Calling a ravenous bird from the east. Sometimes you can watch these birds and it looks like they're flying backwards almost when they get the draft and it looks chaotic. All according to God's purpose. He didn't just say, I purposed a bird. He said, I called a bird, right? Calling a bird. A ravenous bird. That's an unclean bird. The man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. God's word declares unto us that his timing... That among the children of men and the circumstances of life, according to his word, he shall bring his timing to pass. He will accomplish his purpose. And all were to trust God's timing according to the word of God. Hear what the Lord Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, verse 33. How precious. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall not pass away. Praise God. In that song. God's timing according to God's word and his purpose. The Lord will bring his word to pass for his glory in his timing. And believe it or not, for the good of his people. It's wonderful. So in God's timing, you have people. You have circumstance. You have the word of God. You have time itself. What is time? It's the passing between two events. The evening and the morning were the first day. There was no time before the evening and the morning. There, nothing had changed. There were no events to judge by but time. In the beginning, time began at the creation. Time itself. Now, sometimes you might think, oh, man, when's this, when's this preacher going to come to a close? Well, you know, God's timing might have saved you out of an accident or two along the way. Jehoram reigned approximately 12 years of 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3, now Jehoram the son of Ahab began to reign over Israel and Samaria, the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. If you're reading through the Old Testament, especially 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, and there's overlap of kings and it says the years and the time and all that, that's very important. You know, we think we are election years every so many years are important. This was important. When a new king rose up, seldom there was a king that served the Lord, but how wonderful it was for the nations when they did. But this man, in his time, in, in the broad scope of, of the years of all creation, this man reigned for 12 years. And in that 12 years, among those 12 years, you have a a famine of seven years. So over half of his reign, there was famine. Abraham Lincoln is known as as the president that, when you think of Abraham Lincoln, you think of the Civil War. Okay, He knew very few years of peace. And that has its effect on leaders, even godly or ungodly. I'm not saying he was either. But whatever the state of someone, time like that and hard time has its effect on people. Well, this famine happened during that time. So all these people, and it also, it it was no random thing. All these people were involved. Elisha and the timing of his life. The Shunammite and the timing of her life. Gehazi, the restored servant of the man of God and the timing of his life. Even this king, Jehoram, and this wicked man that in the timing of his life, this certain servant, this certain captain that, that came and helped the woman restore all her lands. All these times, all, all these places and the seasons of their lives, the timing of all things happened. Think of the timing of the land of the Philistines. What must have been a lighter time in time? She, just timing-wise, it was a good time for her to be there. The timing of the woman's son, his, his birth, his death, and his resurrection. The, the timing when he would come in at such and such a time to lodge with them. The timing of the king asking Gehazi, 
You know, it's hard to say because we weren't there how long this king had been wondering about the works of Elisha. But why did he ask him right then? Well, providentially for the glory of God. There, that jailer in Philippi, he didn't want to die, but his timing, what must I do to be saved? I believe he was at, you know, because when, when Peter was brought out by that angel through the multiple gates and everything, I, I think that jailer was thinking about Herod taking his head off his shoulders. He was asleep during the ministry portion. He just didn't want to die. He was about to kill himself. He wanted to take his own life rather than be brutalized. But the timing of that question, well, that was a, that was a, a Spirit of God-led timing, I believe. I, I believe that God led in the timing of even those questions. God led to the timing of Gehazi being in the king's court. I don't know how much time he spent in the king's court, but by God's timing, time itself, he was there. We have visitors come in ever so often, and sometimes they come back, sometimes they don't. But God's timing, why did they come in and hear that message? Why did they come in and hear those words? That's God's business, God's timing. Someone randomly clicks on sermon audio and clicks on this message or another or another. That's God's timing. The Lord is no less amazing today. Think of the timing of our lives. The timing of our lives, particular encounters with particular individuals. Why we live here, why, why we know the people we know. They, they, even every encounter that we have is all according to God's timing. Do you see how precious God's timing is? Think of a think of a sinner straight marching toward the gates of hell. And as they're going through their life, providentially, they, they, they come across as one that's a light on a hill. God's timing. God's timing. How amazing that is. God's time. Think of the, a very wonderful example, that, that thief hanging next to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and God wasn't cutting it close. He was right on time saying, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. God's timing. Children of God, we should embrace God's timing. We should, as messengers of God's gospel, as, a, as those that have been given authority to declare the gospel and kingdom of God in Jesus Christ, we are to embrace God's timing in all areas of our lives, the circumstances of our lives, the encounters of our lives. You see, if we are to consider Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he, he gives us he gives us a rundown of the times of our lives. But having this passage in perspective that at every turn we have the gospel ministry, it ought to brighten our day. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Everything there is a season. Everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. Whether people, circumstances, the Word of God unfolding in front of us, time itself, a time to be born and a time to die and everything in between. A time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rent and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh and that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it, to be moved, strengthened in. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work of God that maketh from beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. How would we do that? Trust the Lord and do as he says. Time itself, as in the passing of time, 
We are to embrace and admire the Lord in God's time. Also, that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that God, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever, and nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. That sounds confusing. What's he saying? God has the man of the children of men. What is the conclusion of the matter? Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with a secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. The circumstances, the timing in God's timing, the circumstances of life, the interactions we have, the people, God will bring his purpose to pass in time. In time. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that God, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. But work is a verb. And work plays out in time, doesn't it? All things, we know that all things work together in God's timing for good to them that love God. To them who are be called according to his purpose. God's time. In our text, you have this woman. She was petitioning for her, for her land. She'd been away. There many ups and downs. In all, we're to trust God's timing in the times of our lives. It's easy to say that we trust God. But in time, in the times of our lives, do we truly trust him? There, are, there is no chance timing, you see. We should long for, anticipate, and be excited about God's timing. Every person and every moment in time for God's glory in God's timing. So how do we, you know, we, we studied, or we, we thought about what happened there in chapter 8. This woman, she left, went to the land of the Philistines, came back. The story was told about her son dying, being risen again. And here's this king. He says, okay, well, here's a certain officer. Restore everything back to her. It's from, from the time she left until now. What's our greater application here? At times, at times, you can see how it could be possible for this Shunammite woman. At times, it would be easy to, go, to mourn God's timing, wouldn't it? At times, it could be very easy to mourn God's timing. Oh, uh, this, this, this person, that person, the, uh, my own self, different people. Oh, what, what do we do? God's timing, according to the habitation and bounds of every, all nations under one blood, God will perform his purpose according to his time. At times, it would be easy to mourn God's time and all the circumstances of my life. All the circumstances. It's hard. I have this. I don't have that. At times, it would be easy to mourn the word of God according to his purpose. Well, yes, I know he'll judge, he'll judge those that are out of the way. But what about my family? What about my loved ones? You ever mourn God's word before? At times, it would be easy to mourn God's timing on time itself. Tragedy, heartache, loss. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to plant. I don't want to reap. At times, it would be tempting to despise or look down on God's timing. Why is that person in my life? Why won't this person return? At times, it would be tempting to despise God's timing in the circumstances of life. Why the famine? Why the death? Why the loss? Where is my husband? What happened? At times it would be tempting to despise or look down upon God's timing in His Word. Lord, why can't you just come now and take me out of here? Lord, why do the, do the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper? At times it would be tempting to despise and look down on God's timing on time itself. 
we should consider these things and render honor unto the Lord and rejoice with comfort in God's time. Again, easier said than done if we're looking on ourselves. As we consider God's glory, as we go back and just reread these six verses, look at this and, and see on full display the wondrous glory of God's timing. Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son had been restored to life, meaning he was dead and now he's not, saying, Arise and go thou in thine household and sojourn, wheresoever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines for seven years. The Lord preserved her. And it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned to the land of the Philistines and went forth to cry unto the king and for her house and for her land according to the word of God, which we read in the book of Joshua and Leviticus and Numbers, that God, uh, that his word shall stand according to his timing and according to his purpose. And the king talked, this evil man talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, of all the great things which Elisha had done. And it came to pass, and, and no slight thing, no slight happening thing, but providentially, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son had, he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for the land of Gehazi, said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. God's time. Again, sometimes super hard to live. But blessed be the God of our and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be Jehovah Elohim that performs his purpose according to his time. It would be easy for Paul to say, oh man, arrested again. And yet the Lord, according to his timing, saved sinners, even in, in Caesar's household. They, they in Caesar's household salute you, he said to the Philippians. Don't mourn God's timing. Don't despise God's timing. Honor, render honor and glory unto God Almighty. Rejoice and be comforted in his timing. Child of God, embrace God's timing. Thank God for God's timing. And you know what? In God's timing, love God's timing. How do you love God's timing? How, how is someone supposed to love? How do you evidence? How are you going to evidence loving God's timing? Well, how does she evidence loving God's timing? The word of the Lord said, famous come and get out of here. She took up and went. She trusted the Lord and did what he said. How are, to, how are we to love and embrace God's timing? Hear what Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Oh, time just slips straight through our fingers. You hold on to it because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. How do you embrace? How do you give glory unto God for God's timing? Well, understand what the will of God is according to Scripture and live it. Trust the Lord and do what he says. Sinner, God's timing is at hand. And I'm not going to tell you about a famine that comes. I'm not going to, I can't, I'm not going to prophetically tell you what bad things are going to happen to you in your life. But I will say, in God's timing, it is appointed every man wants to die. And then the judgment. That's what it says in the book of Hebrews. And you being a person, it is appointed for you to die. There is a time, in God's timing, you will die. You will die because you're a sinner. The wages of sin is death. Thank God, the gift of God is, uh, wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I thank God that in God's timing, he does save his people from their sins. 
God's timing is at hand. God's timing is at hand. I don't know what lays out in front of you in the immediate context and the immediate day, but I know outside of Jesus Christ, in God's timing, those that are out of the way will be judged for their sins. I know according to God's timing, but, and we just read it in Acts chapter 2, by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God that Jesus Christ was offered for the sins of his people according to God's time. I know in time he saves his people from their sins. No man can come to me except, he says in John chapter 6. That word except also comes according to God's timing. In God's timing, The Lord's people shall come to him. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. When? In God's time. They'll do so at the preaching of God's word. So there'll be a prophet, not one that is a a foreteller, but one that just declares the word of God among the children of men. Repent. Repent. God's time. God's time. God's purpose, according to God's word, repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Something so much worse than famine has come. Repent and believe the gospel. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.